aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Klingerman for the final time off of turn number nine leads by two truck lengths. Zane Smith continues to give chase, but Parker Klingerman opens up by another truck length, working his way through the carousel, headed down toward turn number 12. Klingerman with the lead. Zane Smith is still there right behind. Here comes Zane Smith. He tries to shove a fender up alongside of Klingerman. Klingerman cuts him off, and Parker Klingerman has won the O'Reilly Auto Parts 150 at Mid-Ohio. All right, I know you've got a day job in terms of the TV commitments, but uh, what do you say about driving race cars more often? I would love to, man. I, I've been trying for eight years to get back full-time, and um, for every reason, the, the world has given me a second chance, this team, and I feel like it's a new lease on my career. And, you know, if there's an opportunity out there, or if we can get this full-time, which I'd love to do, you know, I, I would most, I've been trying. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Kyle Rickey. Welcome into another edition of NASCAR Live as we are less than a month away from the return of racing. I'm Kyle Rickey filling in for Mike Bagley this week as the offseason continues to zip on by, but there is still plenty happening during this downtime. With the Chili Bowl Nationals getting underway, this week our own Steve Post and Dylan Welch will recap the history of the event and also discuss its importance in motorsports history. The fellas will then give their preview of how they think 2023 will unravel in the Cup Series. We'll also flash back to the 1983 Daytona 500 as it was the 25th running of this storied event. Parker Kligerman is back in the Xfinity Series, but in a full-time capacity for this season. Jason Toy caught up with him to discuss his ride with Big Machine Racing. We'll also get you up to date with Silly Season, but with crew chiefs as numerous NASCAR Cup Series teams acquired new leadership and much more over the next 60 minutes. But first, here's Jason Toy with a refresher of all the news that transpired over the last week. Kyle, the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour will have new ownership when the green flag waves in its 2023 season in March. Yesterday, NASCAR icons Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Burton, Kevin Harvick, and Justin Marks announced their acquisition of the Northeast Premier Late Model Series. The move comes along with the goal of collectively bolstering the health and the longevity of the Cars Tour by providing proficiencies in brand management, business strategy, and partnership acquisition and retention. Another noteworthy item coming from Dale Earnhardt Jr. is that he'll brief 
briefly be back behind the steering wheel in 2023 once again. Junior will run his annual Xfinity Series race this year at the Bristol Motor Speedway on Friday, September 15th. With the 2023 NASCAR season inching closer and closer, silly season dominoes continue to fall. Jordan Anderson Racing announced they're expanding to two full-time cars in the NASCAR Xfinity Series as rookie Parker Retzloff will drive the number 31 car while Jeb Burton will pilot the number 27. Retzloff made nine Xfinity Series starts last season, scoring one top 10 finish. He also joins the team with experience racing in the ARCA East Series. Burton has been a staple of the NASCAR Xfinity Series and has earned one win and 13 top fives and 109 career starts. Myatt Snyder, who competed for the team last year and finished 12th in championship standings, has yet to announce his plans for 2023. And rounding out this week's news, Blaine Perkins has signed with SS Greenlight Racing for a full season of NASCAR Xfinity Series racing. Perkins will drive the number 07 with veteran crew chief Mike Hillman Sr. guiding the team. Kyle? Thank you, Jason. Coming up, Steve Post and our own Dylan Welch, who is competing in the Chili Bowl Nationals, recap the history of the event. And later, we'll flash back to Cale Yarbrough's iconic win in the 1983 Daytona 500. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. One of motorsports fan favorite weeks of the year is here as the 2023 Chili Bowl Nationals are underway in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Live from the event is competitor and our own Dylan Welch as he and Steve Pose take a thorough look at what makes the history of the event so special. The Chili Bowl for those tuned into NASCAR Live that have heard a little bit about it or maybe not familiar with it. Describe the Chili Bowl. Well, it really is the, the Daytona 500 of, of dirt track racing. Uh, you know, I, th- I think it's the best way to describe it. It's a full week of, of racing and, and uh, festivities off the racetrack. And um, it's, just, it's just such a fun race and, and environment to be around and be a part of, even if you're not competing in it. It's just, um, it's just one of those big racing events that I think if you're a race fan, needs to be on your bucket list you know you get you get five nights of preliminary racing uh before you know that, that all lead up to saturday and then you get literally literally an entire day of of racing on saturday too that, that all culminates um you know on saturday night so um it's 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 a great race there's a lot of uh you know a lot of, of big names that that come back and race it every year that you know that folks that uh, you know, listen to this show and, and certainly watch and listen to NASCAR on Sundays would we'll, we'll be familiar with. And, um, just a just a really cool event and, and something that's really neat to be a part of. I, I find what I always find fascinating about the Chili Bowl is you're out there for a long time, but really for each individual team, and there's 360 some teams or, or somewhere in that vicinity, for each team, uh, you're there for a long time, but you have one night to get locked in. What is the intensity like? And I think you're on Thursday, uh, Thursday night this year. What is the intensity like 
because it, it the, the five nights, it's not like you perform one night, perform the next night and everything. You you really are one and done to get it in. What's the intensity like when you roll out there on this coming Thursday night, Dylan? Yeah, it, it's really, really high intensity. I mean, it, it's it's hard for, for maybe people that haven't been there or haven't watched to, to understand, but uh, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be at the Daytona 500 and, and be at the Indy 500 and be at, um, you know, the championship races at Phoenix and that sort of thing. And, and the Chili Bowl has every bit of the same type of anticipation and intensity and, and, and you know, all of those things that make those type of events what they are uh, is 100% the same feeling that you have when you are at the Chili Bowl. And, and competing in it, um, you know, it, it is is unlike anything else I've, I've ever done. You know, it, it's there's there's pressure, but it, it's you know it, it's a good kind of pressure where you know you want to you want to perform well and, and you want to. Um, you know, you obviously want to have a great prelim night and, and do well every time you're on the racetrack. But um, it's it's just so cool to be a part of it and, and to get to experience that kind of um, that kind of pressure. You know, where there it is such a big event. But um, I think that's what makes makes this race what it is. Is that um, whether you are competing in it or whether you're sitting in the grandstands or watching uh, online on Flow Racing, I think everybody understands. You know the um, you know, the intensity that comes with this race and, and every time there's cars on the racetrack, it matters. So I think it just adds to the, adds to the aura of the race and, and kind of makes it, makes it that much more exciting. So, um, there's nothing like it. That is for sure. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, if, if you haven't been out here or haven't watched it before, it, it needs to be on your, on your bucket list if you're a race fan, because it is, it's truly one of a kind event. Specifically with you, Dylan, one of the things I marvel at is your ability to go toe-to-toe with some of these racers. And there's racers by the name of Tanner Thorson who races all the time. Buddy Kofoid is the USAC Midget National Champ. And yet you're a pit road reporter, NASCAR reporter, and you get to do this five, six, seven times a year, maybe, depending on how the schedule lays out. How do you – how do you how, – how, have you been able to figure out how you come up to speed so quick in doing this? Well, I, I think it's always just been about the people that I surround myself with, to be honest. You know, I've always been fortunate that, um, you know, I, I've raced for good teams and, and guys that work on my cars that, um, you know, that really are on the on the ball and just, you know, understand how to make a car go around this, you know, go around the racetrack really well. Um, and, and for me, you know, that's important, obviously. It's important for everybody. But for me, like you said, not racing um, – even close to the number of times that most of the other people that I'm racing against, you know, get to race throughout the year. Um, just having a good car is is one less variable for me that I have to, you know, worry about or think about. You know, because I'm I'm I don't have the skill set obviously that a lot of these guys do. So uh, if I'm having to chase the car and having to, you know, you know, drive a car that's not handling really well, uh, it really puts me on the back foot. So if I can just surround myself with people that. Um, you know, I feel like are going to, you know, give me a good car. That obviously helps. And, and I think that's, I think that's really what it comes down to, you know, and, and I've, I do have a lot of laps in there. So I feel comfortable at, at this racetrack, um, which also helps, but really it's, I think for me, just been always about the car. And I've, I've been fortunate, like I said, to always be um, with, with great teams and, and great crew chiefs. And um, it's no different this year with the, with the team I'm with Abacus racing. Um, the guys we've got working on the cars are, uh, both former racers and, and guys that just 
uh, know how to make a car go fast. So uh, that all that always helps me for sure. Dylan, one of the things you referenced beyond the racing in the Expo Center there are, I think you called them festivities off the racetrack. Um, <laughs> this thing is really, what I've been fascinated, the times I've gone out there, it, it is a great racing event, but it is a huge motorsports reunion. And uh, it, it's just, it's a who's who of racing there. Is is that the case again this year? Yeah, it absolutely is. And um, I, I think that's, that's too part of, you know, what makes it, so hard to not you know want to come out and, and just be here and, and be a part of it is that there's obviously nothing else going on right now so uh everybody you know for the most part is here or you know i guess if you're uh if you're somebody like kyle larson who's not racing it this year you know there's there's other races going on in new mexico that he's competing in but for the most part you know everybody is out here and um you know you obviously are everybody's out here to race and, and we take that part of it seriously but um you know the after race um, you know, beer drinking and, and hanging out and just socializing aspect of it um, is 100%, you know, what, you know, uh, you know, a big part of kind of what makes this event tick and what makes it, um, you know, so desirable for people to attend. So um, it's, it's, it's just so fun. You know, the racing obviously is great uh, every night, but um, it's, just, it's just fun. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice way to kind of hang out and reset before uh you know we all start you know our, our work seasons you know whether that's you know for us obviously on on the air but uh for everybody else there it's it's you know the start of their their race season and and the people that are there just as fans obviously it's a it's a nice vacation and a nice break for them and kind of a great way to start the year so um everybody's always in a good mood out here and 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 it it kind of translates i think just to the vibe that you get um you know whether you're in the building or you're you're hanging out afterwards. Thank you, boys. We'll talk to you in a bit. Coming up, we'll take a drive down memory lane all the way back to 1983 and relive the 25th running of the Daytona 500. And later, Steve Post and Dylan Welcher back previewing the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series slate of action. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. February of 1983 marked the silver anniversary of the Daytona 500. As this year's event approaches, here's our own Tim Catalfamo with a flashback of the 25th running of the Great American Race. Big anniversaries always bring about a special kind of reverence. In 1983, the nostalgia meter was turned all the way up as the Great American Race reached its first big milestone with the silver anniversary and the 25th running of the Daytona 500. Speed Week started with its own bit of history when Cale Yarbrough laid down the first qualifying lap over 200 miles an hour in the history of the sport. 
but this lap did not stand after Yarbrough had a spectacular crash on the following lap in qualifying. Cale Yarbrough electrified this crowd with his qualifying lap of over 200 miles an hour and pole position qualifying for the Daytona 500. And before they had time to catch their breath, a spectacular accident up in turn four here at the racetrack. And you talked with Cale right after that happened. Cale was a little bit shook up, Barney, but he was okay. The first lap, he said he knew it was a good one, and we'll have some of his comments a little later on the broadcast. But going down the backstretch and into turn three on his second lap of qualifying, the car got a little bit loose. It got away from him, and did he take a wild ride? The car went up the banking up in turn number four, got airborne, did a reverse flip onto its roof, skittered into the outside retaining wall, bounced it back on its wheels, and slid about 800 to 1,000 feet down on the apron of the racetrack. Yarbrough ended up driving a hardy show car in the second round of qualifying to make the field. In the end, it would be Ricky Rudd who ended up on the pole, driving for an upstart team owner by the name of Richard Childress. The classic number three would then lead the field to the green flag in front of 115,000 fans. All the youngsters are really at the front of the field this afternoon. Just how long they'll stay up there, it'll be interesting to find out. Here's the Pontiac pace car. Hard left turn on the pit road, and ladies and gentlemen, the million-dollar Daytona 500 is about to go green as Vice President of the United States, George Bush, waves the flag, and we are under green at Daytona. Ricky Rudd would only lead the opening lap of the race. While the first 50 circuits of the 1983 Daytona 500 proved to be a multi-car battle with legends like Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine, and Kyle Petty all taking turns at the front. An even bigger legend, however, looked to take control of the race as the King Richard Petty began to set sail on the field. That was, of course, until his Pontiac suffered an engine failure on lap 47. We have Richard Petty smoking, Mike Joy. Richard Petty begins to smoke off turn number two, and he'll go chugging down the back straightaway with smoke billowing out from behind. This wouldn't be the final engine failure of the day, however, as Dale Earnhardt would suffer one of his own less than 20 laps later. Earnhardt's engine let go, putting oil on the racetrack, which brought out the caution. As the field raced back to the yellow, a lead change ensued, as did a scary crash involving future Hall of Famer Daryl Waltrip. Oh, an engine letting go on Earnhardt's Wrangler car just as they cross the start-finish line. He still has it in a straight line, keeps it right out against the wall, and a big plume of blue smoke and a scary moment for more than half the field. Earnhardt is high up in the banking in turn one in front of Eli Gold. Everybody will go by to the underneath. Meanwhile, Dick Brooks is going to race back to the line. He's going to catch Yarbrough and Rutman snookered off turn number two, and Brooks is off to the races. Brooks will have it all to himself this time. Dick finding some good running room, and he is going to be long gone, moving through inside as Lake Speed. Yarbrough's off the throttle. Waltrip goes by with Mark Martin. They're heading down toward the yellow flag. They do race back to the yellow. Nobody's going to catch Brooks. He's out of the throttle. He knows there's oil up there ahead, but Lake Speed may get himself unlapped as they come to the flag. Speed wants those five wins. Trouble out of turn number four. Waltrip is out of control and skidding across the grass. Bangs into the inside guardrail, comes out in traffic and smashes into the outside wall. Everyone may get by. Here comes the rest of the field as Wal- Waltrip's battered Pepsi Challenger lies right in the middle of the racetrack. The race continued to prove to be a battle of attrition and one of the most competitive ever. Kyle Petty would be the next driver to encounter engine troubles as he dropped out of the race just shy of the halfway mark. No driver seemed to be able to take control of the race as Bodine, Yarbrough, Joe Rutman, and Buddy Baker all took turns at the front of the pack. In fact, Richard Petty's stretch of 14 laps led out front. From lap 21 to lap 35 was the longest consecutive stretch any driver was able to lead during the entire 500 miles. Another big turning point in the 1983 Daytona 500 
occurred when Mark Martin hit the wall with just over 60 laps remaining. And leader Joe Rutman made a crafty move to keep Neil Bonnet stuck one lap down. Trouble, one car into the wall coming out of turn number four. Mark Martin has just hit the wall, knocked some sheet metal and damages the right side of the car and tries to hang it down and now caution is coming out of the speedway. Nobody makes contact with him as he comes down to the apron of the track with severe damage on the right side of the car. He'll pick his way around the racetrack and on the pit road and caution is on the speedway. Neil Bonnet now off turn number two was gotten by Baker. He's going to try and challenge for the lap back if he can get it. Mark Martin continues around the racetrack. Bonnet tries to thread the needle between slower cars. Can't do it. Joe Rutman will hold him off as a lap car comes up the speedway. Rick Baldwin and almost sent Cale Yarborough flying. The final caution flag of the afternoon flew on lap 163 for yet another engine failure. This time it was Ron Bouchard whose engine went up in smoke. In fact, a staggering number of drivers exited the 1983 Daytona 500 with an engine issue. The final 30 laps were a battle between Rutman, Yarbrough, and Buddy Baker. Baker held the lead from lap 189 until lap 199, but a thrilling last lap led to one of the drivers earning his third Harley J. Earl trophy. Last lap as they go to turn one. And right now, Buddy Baker trying to hold off Cale Yarborough. Joe Rutman is right there in third place. Bill Elliott seems to be dropping off the pace. He might be too far down to make a move off turn two. Baker has the lead. Baker moved inside coming off two, then goes back up on the high side. Here's Yarborough to the inside. Last trip around. Yarborough and Rutman hook up. Yarborough sweeps in front. Rutman goes low. Rutman does not have it. Buddy Baker drops back to third spot. Yarborough had the move when it counted. Now Rutman will try to climb the outside. Baker will try to come back. Yarborough will lead him off four. Baker comes inside on Rutman. Baker comes down to the inside trying to find somebody to draft with. They are three wide back there for the second spot as they come to the stripe. It will be Cale Yarborough the winner. Bill Elliott will finish second and the third place is going to be close. I can't even call that one. It'll be Buddy Baker for third as Baker and Rutman coming down through the the trial with those cars traded paint and sheet metal. But out in front, Cale Yarborough, a three-wide finish for third, and what a tremendous run for the Dawsonville, Georgia driver, Bill Elliott. Cale, how about that move on the backstretch? You seem to make it just a little bit early. Why? Well, I, I knew when I had to make it. Uh, I had to make it as quick as possible because those other fellows was coming too, and uh, I knew I had to get a good shot into turn three to be able to hold them all off, and that's what happened. The win marked the end of an improbable speed weeks for Cale Yarbrough, which started with him running a 200-mile-an-hour lap in qualifying in a Chevy and ended with him winning his third Daytona 500 in a Pontiac. Coming up, Dylan Welch and Steve Post continue their conversation but transition into all things 2023 as the fellas preview the upcoming season. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It seemed like it was yesterday that we concluded the 2022 season. With less than one month until the return of NASCAR racing and the Bushlight clash at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, Steve Post and Dylan Welch have their predictions of what might be in store for 2023. 
Dylan. Uh, we are getting ready to go. The Coliseum is coming up in just a couple of weeks, and then a week or two after that is the Daytona 500. Big picture, 2023 NASCAR Cup Series, Dylan. What are some of the things just off the top of your head that you're going to be keeping an eye on as we get started here in the next couple of weeks? Well, I, I think, you know, it, it's interesting because obviously we're going to have we'll have a full year of notes on this on this you know, I guess the current generation of car, but, you know, the next-gen car. And um, I think last year, you know, that was obviously the big question mark is how is this car going to perform uh, and who is going to who is going to figure it out the fastest. And with the number of winners we had and, and just the overall um, parity of, of, you know, of guys that were up front consistently and, and, and all that, I think, um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see this year, especially at the start of the year, uh, who's done the most homework and who's improved the most from year one to year two. Um, you know, and, and we may not see that at the Clash or even at Daytona because both of those races obviously are, um, you know, a little bit different than the, the traditional racetracks we go to. But, you know, once we go to the West Coast Swing, you know, I think it'll it'll be, um, it'll be you know, eye-opening to, to see kind of who, who are going to be the guys to beat week in and week out. And it'll probably be, you know, most of the guys we expect. But, um, you know, I think that'll be a, a good test is the you know who did the most work over the winter and, and who's who's ready to go here at the start of the year. So, um, just excited. You know, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Um, if you're a NASCAR fan or you know if you're if you're working in the sport, you know I think that um, you know I think the car did kind of what it was designed to do last year. And there's obviously going to be some changes to you know to make the drivers hopefully a little bit more comfortable from a, uh, a safety aspect and that sort of thing. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see see how uh, see how the start of the year goes. But I'm excited. Can't wait to, uh, to tune into the clash here in a couple weeks and, and get everything kicked off. New combinations when we look at each season coming into NASCAR. New combinations. And uh, obviously this year the Kyle Busch-Richard Childress racing combination. But we've got Tyler Reddick at 23-11. And uh, Ryan Priest has moved up and over into uh, the Stuart Haas number 41 car. Is there is there a specific one of those, or maybe another combination that uh, you're gonna you're you're gonna look for early on to see how they're how they're faring with their new situation? I think all three of those are are really intriguing. You know, you look at you know starting at Tyler Reddick. You know, he, um, you know, I felt like you know really had gotten going. Obviously, at Richard Childress Racing with with Randall Burnett. Um, and but so had the 2311 guys. You know, Bubba obviously had, had had won a couple races last year, and um, you know Kurt was strong at the beginning of the year too. And um, you know, I think definitely a lateral move for him to, to go over there to 2311. But I think there's potential for him to um, you know to to really click off some good results. And I, and I think um, you know I think that'll be interesting. And, and obviously Kyle will go into a completely new environment, but. Um, with the crew chief and Randall Burnett, who, you know, um, obviously made Reddit go fast. So I, I think that'll be a, a good pairing, too. And, and yeah, and then Ryan Priest, you know, I, I think, um, you know, he, he is obviously kind of scratched and clawed and, and tried, um, you know, to get an opportunity like the one he's got now. Um, so how is he going to perform? Is he, is he going to be able to deliver? Is, um, you know, is, is he going to... Um, you know, be able to make that 41 car go. So I think I think all three of those, um, I think all three of those those cars and drivers and teams can win races. Um, but again, like we said, you know, there may be some growing pains initially, um, just as everybody tries to learn each other and figure each other out. But I think by the end of the year, um, 
all three of those guys could could make uh, make the playoffs and, and make a deep run, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Other new things when we look at the the, the Cup Series 2023 schedule is a couple of really high-profile race-winning, lots of race-winning rookies. You have Noah Gregson moving up after uh, after an incredible career over at Junior Motorsports. He's uh, moved up to Petty, GMS, Jimmy John. I don't even know what we're calling it now with that whole team. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Ty Gibbs making the move uh, up within the Gibbs organization. Uh, pretty stout duo of rookies that uh, we'll be keeping an eye on this year, Dylan. Yeah, and and, and again, it's it's amazing, right? We you know we talked about you know that there's a lot to be excited about, and, and yeah, we haven't even mentioned that Jimmy Johnson is going to be back yeah. at the Daytona 500, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. what I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to be so awesome to have him back, and um, and I'm excited about that team, you know, the the Petty GMS team, you know, with with, with obviously Eric Jones who's been there and. Um, you know, he and Dave Ellens were, I think, a great pairing last year. And then uh, you had Noah, who used to work with Dave Ellens, and, and now he's bringing his, you know, his current crew chief from the Xfinity Series, Luke Lambert, back into the Cup Series. And, uh, and then you add just the experience and, and the overall, um, you know, leadership of Jimmy and, and just his knowledge. And I think that um, I think that team has a legitimate shot to, you know, to be a multi-time race-winning team too, and, and, and um, not just this year. You know, I think they're, I think they're building something over there that could potentially turn into, um, you know, a, a, a big-time, you know, big-time deal. So excited to watch them, and, and, and yeah, with you know Ty, Ty going full-time, you know, he'll. Um, I think we, you know, think we've all quickly realize that that he's the real deal too and, and he's a he's a good little driver and, and is gonna win races in the cup series too you know it may take him some time to get used to the cup cars and this level of competition but um you know he and noah will be will both be entertaining to watch this year and and you know both will be race winners in no time i don't have any doubt about that yeah i'm with you totally on that with the uh, petty gms and uh, of course ty gibbs over there and yeah, I don't know that I've got my arms around Jimmy Johnson. I, I think I'm going to have to see Jimmy Johnson walk down pit road in a fire suit and climb aboard a race car before I get my arms around yep. that one. I mean, that's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great, and I'm the same way. It, it's, it's hard to believe he's going to be back, but um, it'll be great to have him back for sure. With all the shuffling in the garage and addition of new events, this season ought to be a fun one. Coming up, we sit down with Parker Kligerman as he discusses his new full-time ride in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And later, we update you on Crew Chief Silly Season as numerous teams have undergone new leadership ahead of the upcoming season. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Parker Kligerman has had his fair share of stops across all three of NASCAR's National Series over the years, but the 32-year-old has found himself full-time in the Xfinity Series once again for this season. Our own Jason Toy caught up with Kligerman to discuss the move. Welcoming in the guy that will be taking over the seat of the number 48 big machine vodka car with uh, with Scott Borchetta Racing. I tell you what, it is our good buddy Parker Kligerman. And Parker, congratulations on uh, the new ride. I know it's uh, been a little while since you've been full-time driver. You've been full-time broadcaster and part-time driver. So congratulations on a new setup. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, huge opportunity here with Big Machine Racing and Big Machine Vodka Spike Coors and everyone involved with this 48 car. Patrick Donahue, the crew chief. It's uh, It feels like a lot of people want to call it a second chance, you know, at this level. But for me, 
I don't like that. It's very cliche. So I like to say it's it's getting to do uh, the thing I've always wanted to do with what I know now, right? And so it's uh, it's taking all of my experience over the last decade, all the experiences I've had, uh, good and bad, combining it together and hopefully having success here with this team. And I just uh, I've been down in the shop a bunch of times this off season. And it's just so cool to see the preparation, the level of preparation, the level of equipment, the level of investment being made to uh, hopefully go out there and win a lot of races and challenge for a championship. Well, you talk about Patrick Donahue, your crew chief. You guys got a chance to work together one time last season at Talladega, came home with top with top six. So that's pretty cool. How was the communication between you two? Is it one of those ones that just gelled right away? Yeah, it was really easy. So, you know, the word we kept using was seamless. Like that was how it felt like going just the first time to the shop, uh, leading up to that race, um, you know, throughout the weekend, executing the race. And then obviously post afterwards, it just was so easy and seamless. And so when they reached out and said, hey, would you want to do this full time? It was like, hey, if we can do that every week, we'll be real contenders. Um, and so it just felt like, you know, we really gelled quickly. It's been great getting to know Patrick, uh, our, our engineer, Cody, and, and the whole team has been awesome. So, um, you know, it's not it's not just Patrick and I. There's a whole team behind us, as you know. But it's really important to gel with all those people, right? Because these are these are the the group that I'm going to go to battle with for 33 straight weeks in the NASCAR Xfinity Series up against some of the biggest organizations in this sport. Um, and we intend to win. So, you know, getting to know each and every individual on this team, making relationship with them, being a not only you know the driver and a figurehead, but a teammate at the same level as them each and every week. You know, pushing this rock up the hill, that's really important to me. And I think that's something I've been trying to do in this offseason. Before we talk a little bit about the season coming up here, I got to go back to last year, too. And uh, and Charlie Henderson, Henderson Motorsports. And I know how special it was for you to go to Mid-Ohio on the road course to pick up the victory there. Of course, number two victory uh, with Henderson Motorsports behind the wheel of that truck. So how big was that last year? I know you guys were in a limited role, but this is a small team that could. Man, we were incredible last year. I'm not, I mean, I'm going to pat us on the back right here. Uh, we had a 9.2 average finish. And if you give us back Coda, where we ran out of fuel in the last lap running second, and you give us back getting wrecked on the last uh, corner at Nashville, you know, our average finish is probably just as good as Zane Smith's, who won the championship. Um, we ran half the schedule at 12 races, doing this on a far, you know, vastly smaller budget than the rest of the teams. And we just excelled at such a high level. Chris Carrier, that whole race team just did an amazing job. And it's something that's been building over the last two years. And sort of the crescendo of that was Mid-Ohio and us winning there. But really, you know, every time we show up the racetrack this year, our bad days were 10th place. Like, awful days were 10th or 11th place. And so it just felt like we were really, you know, firing all cylinders. I'm so proud of that race team. And, you know, that win at Mid-Ohio gave me this opportunity with Big Machine Racing. They called me while I was in Victor Lane that day and said, would you like to come drive at Talladega? You know, that's winning works in NASCAR, but I would not be here without the Hendersons, Chris Carrier, their support, um, and everything we've done with that race team in the last five years. They reinvigorated my love for this sport and driving and, you know, showed me that, I could still get this done and do it at a high level and gave me, you know, helped me see the path of gaining my confidence and, you know, finding myself back in a full-time ride like this. So I owe them the world and I can't wait to go back racing with them this year. We're going to do 10 to 12 races as we always done. So I've got a really packed schedule, 43 races on docket right now. Um, but I, oh, you know, both and you have another job too. Yeah. And, and I've got a TV with... job. Yes. <laughs> so add that in as well. We're going to figure out how many of those we're doing, but, um, you know, and then there's some other stuff out there. So it's it's going to be a packed year. I'm I'm really 
you know, that's one thing I've, you know, people talk about having like New Year's resolutions and goals and that sort of thing. One of my things is like, I wrote three things on a board back in August. I've been able to almost set up all three of them in a good position. And those are the three things I've focused on this year. And that's something I haven't really done that well in my past. So it's been this year for me, my word is hyper-focus. And, you know, I'm using those three things to be hyper-focused on. And that's, uh, that's where I'm going towards this year. Parker Kligerman's hanging out with us here today, getting ready for the 2023 season. Of course, making the switch over to Big Machine Racing and Big Machine Vodka. And, and uh, you know, you talked about the change over here. What excites you about this year, not only with the new team, but with the schedule with a couple of new places to go to? Oh, it's awesome. You know, we're going to North Wilkesboro in the trucks. We'll be there in the 75. I love the addition of dirt racing. I know that's a pretty hot topic amongst some people, but I love it. I've had a blast doing it. I think it's some of the most fun stock car driving i've ever done in my entire life is is taking these big heavy stock cars and throwing them on dirt so we'll do that in the trucks and then the street course i think that's one of the coolest things that i've wanted to see in nascar for the entire time i've been here so over a decade right so i'm so excited about that i was just telling my team the other day like we are going to win that race that is that is one on my circle on my calendar we are going to go win a street course i love street course racing grew up watching obviously formula one indycar and cart at the street courses the supercars in australia and all the street courses they do just always thought it was the coolest form of racing uh so i'm really excited nascar is doing that and so i just think it's a cool mix and we're, we're finding you know we're finding this this ability to be really dynamic with the schedule and that's a, that's something that i just feel like racing and nascar and motorsports as a whole has such an advantage over other sports where our playing surface can change every week and we can make it change every week we can make it as vastly different from week to week as we want and there's no box or template it has to fit in so there's no reason and we can't continue down this path of just being the most dynamic schedule in all of motorsports and if you think about it if you want to go race for a nascar cup series championship you will race on dirt super speedways speedways short tracks road courses a street course i mean what else is the only thing we could do is go rally cross racing we're not going to go jump these things in the air so i just think it's an incredibly dynamic schedule that's really exciting and so when we talk about schedules i get super excited because i just think it's something that it will it won't show immediate effect but in the coming years there's a lot of fans in the motorsports world that will have a huge respect for nascar and doing what they're doing being so diverse in schedule i gotta tell you three highlights for me on the schedule across all three series i love the mm -hmm. fact one of the street courses uh the street course in chicago i think that's going to be a great little twist you add to it in the xfinity series we're able to keep road america on the schedule which i think has to be a mainstay and third the trucks going back to the milwaukee mile oh yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's a cool one. think about this Road America is being repaved. That's going to really? be wild. Yeah, it's been <laughs> repaved. So it's going to be like a thousand miles per hour. So <laughs> that's, that's going to be crazy too. So, I mean, it's, it's just going to be an amazing year. That's going to be awesome indeed. All right, Parker, before we let you go here and get ready to roll in, you said you got a full schedule this year. You got an owner in Scott Borchetta. I know you you gotten to know Scott over the last couple of years. I've known him a couple of years, not only on the, the racing side, but also I've dealt with, uh, with Scott and his company a lot when it comes to the music side with radio station stuff. So. He has got one of the coolest car collections I know that anybody probably has. Have you had a chance to go explore it yet? I have not, but I've been uh, inquiring for a, <laughs> you know a chance to go down there and visit in Nashville and see the whole operation, all of Big Machine, uh, music side, all of Big Machine's you know uh, bars, restaurants, and the vodka distillery and such. So we're we're actually literally texting about that today, about getting down there and figuring out a day or two to come down and check everything out. So I have heard about this collection. I've seen some of the 
the cars. I've seen some of the vintage cars he's out there racing, which is just epic. You know, he and I really hit it off quickly when uh, we were, we realized pretty early on that we both loved all motorsports. And it was like, this isn't, you know, we don't just like a specific type of cars or race cars. It's like, we like everything. So uh, a man after my own heart with that collection. And I just can't wait to go check it out. And, you know, I just hope we can continue the positive momentum of what he's built with this race team and, you know, take it to the next step and go challenge for a championship. And, you know, that's the best thing I can do as a driver for Big Machine Racing is go out there and collect trophies and hopefully put us in position to win a championship. Parker, congratulations again, my man. I know it's a, it's a big deal coming up this year. Looking forward to sharing Pit Road with you a couple of times on the Cup Series, too, as well. So congratulations, man. Let's have some fun. Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate it. This has been fun. And uh, I just, I know Daytona's like a little over a month away, but I mean, I'm ready to go right now. So let's just hey, get we're racing. less than a month away from the Coliseum. So let's get there out. There you go. <laughs> Kligerman will definitely have a fun, but busy 2023. Coming up, we update you on all the crew chief changes across the NASCAR Cup Series, and then we'll close out the show by looking back at the 2005 Daytona 500. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. With Cup Series lineups finalized, we now know who will be atop the pit boxes for each team across the NASCAR Cup Series. Let's take a look at all the leadership changes that transpired during this offseason. This offseason was certainly a wild one in terms of driver movement, but the same can be said about the men who call the shots on race day. Without further ado, let's give you a recap of Crew Chief Silly Season 2023. Off turn number four, Shannon Bednarik puts the checkered flag in the air, sideways off the corner, and Alex Bowman wins the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway. The biggest move of this offseason was a change atop the pit box at Hendrick Motorsports. Alex Bowman was in need of a new crew chief after it was announced veteran Greg Ives was retiring to spend more time with his family. To fill the void, HMS turned to Front Row Motorsports and Blake Harris. It's been somewhat of a meteoric rise for Harris. Last year was his first as a crew chief after spending time as an engineer at Joe Gibbs Racing. Harris then proceeded to lead Michael McDowell to his best season statistically in 2022. While Bowman will miss the relationship he had with Greg Ives, he's excited for the new perspective that Harris can bring. As far as like what new perspective he's bringing, you know, Greg was at Hendrick Motorsports in Junior Motorsports for so long and having somebody that's been at other successful teams and coming from the outside and has, you know, perspective of how other teams operate, I, I think that's um, that's always good to have. With the departure of Blake Harris from Front Row Motorsports, the team has now tapped Travis Peterson to be the new crew chief for Michael McDowell. Peterson had spent the last five seasons as an engineer for Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. Young driver Todd Gilliland will also have a new crew chief in 2023 at FRM as Ryan Berganti moves over from being the car chief on the number 34 team. Trying to win to get into the playoffs. Here he comes up off turn four. Last ditch effort from Austin Sindrick. Can't do it. Checkered flag in the air. Austin Dillon wins the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Alex Bowman isn't the only playoff 
playoff driver who will have a new crew chief this season. Austin Dillon will also have a new man donning the headset to start the year, as Keith Rodden will replace Justin Alexander, who is moving to a different role at the organization. Rodden most famously served as crew chief for Casey Kane at Hendrick Motorsports, and more recently worked with Chevrolet and General Motors in helping advance the next-gen race car. Off board to the strike, checkered flag is out, and Noah Gregson has won for the eighth time this season. Ty Gibbs across the line, and Ty Gibbs has scored the win, and at 20 years old, Ty Gibbs is the NASCAR Xfinity Series 2022 champion. The 2023 Rookie of the Year battle will be a spotlight all season long, and while both Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson's crew chiefs will be new to their Cup Series teams, both have history with their young driver. Chris Gale, for example, will move up with Ty Gibbs from the Xfinity Series to the Cup Series after leading the young driver to his first Xfinity Series championship in 2022. Gregson, meanwhile, will also have his Xfinity Series crew chief join him in the Cup Series as Luke Lambert makes his return to the top division after leading Gregson to a career-best eight victories in the Xfinity Series last season. Checkered flag in the air, and Ryan Priest is going to strum a brand-new Gibson guitar. Ryan Priest wins. The Rackley Roofing 200 as fireworks go over turn number two. Ryan Priest is getting the biggest opportunity of his young career in 2023 as he takes over for Cole Custer as driver of the number 41 for Stort Haas Racing. In addition, Priest will have a very experienced crew chief calling the shots for him in Chad Johnston. Johnston, who has led both Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Larson to victories in the past, will now join Stort Haas Racing. Johnston and Priest have history together as well, winning at Nashville Super Speedway in 2021 in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. The final notable and possibly the most under-the-radar crew chief change this season is for Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who now reunites with Mike Kelly. The two will look to return to form, which won them back-to-back Xfinity Series championships in 2011 and 2012. Coming up, we cap off this week's show looking back at the 2005 Daytona 500 as it was a dogfight for the win right down to the closing laps. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This week, the Motor Racing Network's Classic Race takes a look at an event that had no shortage of drama in the closing circuits. The 2005 Daytona 500 was one to remember as Jeff Gordon paced the pack and won his third and final Great American Race. Scott Riggs, Tony Stewart going down low, Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson up high, then it's nose to tail for the lead, Kurt, Jeff Gordon, and Dale Jr. Three wide, three rows deep from third on back. It's Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon up top. Gordon leading the way down the back straightaway. Here comes Kurt Busch like he was shot out of a cannon. He'll give Gordon a shot in the backside as they race through the corner. Chevrolet, Ford Chevrolet, top three, nose to tail, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Bush, Dale Jr. Behind them, Scott Riggs and Jimmy Johnson. White flag as they come out of turn number four and head down to the line. One final lap to get it done. Will they all come back or is somebody going to end up in the wall? It is still Jeff Gordon holding off Kurt Busch, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Scott Riggs. It may get ticklish in turn one. All the cards are on the table. Final time in Daytona. Jimmy Johnson climbs the banking. He'll go after Dale Earnhardt Jr. for third. Takes a look on Kurt Busch. Busch can't do anything with Gordon. All the drafts 
drafting help is down low as they come to the super stretch for the final time. Jeff Gordon leads the way. Here's Kurt Busch crowding down low in second. Dale Earnhardt Jr. not a factor to win. Busch all over the rear side of Jeff Gordon. It's Gordon leading the three. For the final time in turn number three, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, everybody else from there on back is too wide. Here comes Jeff Gordon looking for the checkered flag. Jeff Gordon leads the way off turn four looking for his sixth Daytona win. Kurt Busch looks one time to the inside, can't make the move. Jeff Gordon is the 2005 Daytona 500 champion. You can listen to that full race right now on MRN.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just search MRN Classic Races. That'll do it for this week's edition of NASCAR Live. I want to thank Parker Kligerman for taking some time to join us on this week's show and wish the best of luck to our own Dylan Welch in this week's Chili Bowl Nationals in Oklahoma. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time here on NASCAR Live. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downey, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.